Welcome to Suburban Warrior, the podcast that will impact, inspire, and empower you to transform your mindset and become the badass warrior that you are. I'm your host and fellow warrior, Chrissy Pfeiffer, former clinician and corporate marketing exec turns multi-passionate entrepreneur, performance and life coach, and mom to four not-so-little warriors. Each week, I will bring you honest conversations with inspiring guests to share their stories of resilience, optimism, success, and simple yet effective strategies so that you transform your thoughts and change your behavior to get the results you want in your life. You will be empowered to take action, warrior up, and believe in you. Let's do this. What's up, Warriors? Welcome back to another episode of the Suburban Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Chrissy Pfeiffer, back again with another amazing Suburban Warrior here to share her story with us today. And let me tell you, folks, it is going to be a good one because if you are a mom to teenage girls, or if you are a mom that is about to have teenage girls coming up on the horizon, or even if you've already been through it, today's episode is going to be one for you to absolutely tune into because today I have Hillary Trung. She is a mother-daughter relationship expert and former therapist for teen girls. She is a leading voice on keeping mothers and daughters in relationship through the teen years. She's on a mission to rewrite the narrative for mothers and teen daughters and shares her passion by speaking at schools and associations for girls and women, coaching mothers of girls and hosting immersive retreats for mothers and daughters. Welcome to the podcast, Hillary. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and talk all things mothers and daughters. I know. Well, I am so excited to have you on here because <laughs> as I said earlier, you know, having three daughters of my own, um, one who is not quite a teenager still, but two that are definitely in the throes of it. I'm excited to learn more because, you know, I just love my relationship with my daughters. But as we all know, it there are times when there, it could be a little strained. Um, and, you know, sometimes we have to go back to our own teenage years and remember what we were like, because <laughs> at some point we were all teenagers, right? Right. right. <laughs> it does help you understand a little bit more when you remember what it was like for you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, why don't we start by just telling my listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I'm, I'm a mother. My, I have two children. My daughter is eight and my son is five. I'm a daughter. I have two sisters. So I've got lots of mother-daughter relationships going on. I am a former therapist for teen girls. Um, and I did that work for 15 years here in the Philadelphia area. And through that work, seeing daughter girls over and over, you know, come into my office, they would insist on coming in alone. And their mom, who dutifully dropped them off, you know, would have to wait in the waiting room. And I would find myself sitting there like, I want this mom in the room. I want her part of this conversation because I know she wants to know what's going on. How do I help my daughter? Right. She was meeting with me for a reason because life was hard and she was having a hard time dealing with it. So I really saw my role as getting moms back in the room. But the problem was I never learned anything about the mother-daughter relationship in any of my training, in any school. And so I had to go find that information myself because 
I, I just felt like we all accept that mothers and daughters are going to struggle and especially during the teen years. And that didn't sit right with me. So I went in search of that information. And um, when I found it, I decided I'm starting with the moms. I'm empowering them with this information. I'm telling them about how they can stay close, that it's absolutely possible to stay close. Um, and not even just through the teen years, but through all the stages in our relationship. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Because, you know, I think the teen years are probably the first of when it, you know, there might be some strain, right, on the relationship because there is so many things happening and it's such a different world. And, you know, going from preteen to teenager, it's, it is definitely a great transition time. But to your point, it, it really does travel for the rest of, of your life, you know, as, as the teens become young and I mean, become adults and then their twenties and thirties. And it's all this information I'm sure that you have can help you for the rest, the relationship for the rest of your life. Absolutely. You learn it once and you apply it over and over. And you're absolutely right. After the, your daughter's born, the next stage in your relationship is the adolescent phase. That's when things start to change for the first time. And then the stages after that are, are when your daughter moves out, when she leaves the home, when she gets married or has, you know, starts her own family, has a life as a life partner. Um, When she becomes a mother and the mother becomes the grandmother, when the mother retires and when she is elderly, when the mother is elderly, these, these are times in our life when our relationship changes. And if we don't know that it's going to change and that we sort of need to recalibrate and have conversations with each other about what we each want or need, then we just struggle through it. Yeah, And we think, okay, this is my new reality. I guess I just have to deal with this. Um, but the idea is really the more communication that you can have with each other and the more open you can be about what you need, the better off you'll be. And we both know as women, we're not super great about asking for what we need. We're yeah. so good at taking care of everybody else, right? But we don't always tap in and think, what do I need? What do I, how do I need to be taken care of here? Yeah, so true. And that kind of leads into the next question I was going to ask you. I was going to say, so, so, you know, it's really wonderful that you had the experience of working with teens, but then seeing the other side of it and realizing like, wait a second, I need to talk to them, to the moms, right? Because they might be able to really drive, you know, how the relationship is and, and drive that healing or mending or whatever you want to call it, if you will. So, is there like, after working with so many teens and moms, is there one area that stands out where the the, the process needs to start to, for it to get better? Like you were mentioning communication and just like, you mm-hmm. know, how we talk to our kids or how they talk to us, questions that we ask. Is there an area where you were like, okay, it's like almost across the board, this is where we need to start to help this relationship to be a stronger one? Absolutely. And that really did come from, you know, maybe five girls coming in to see me after school, right? And each of them sitting down and telling me about their week, but having the mom, I knew she didn't know what was happening in that girl's life. And it felt like, you know, I'm not going to be with her forever. I'm the therapist. I'm not, you know, her aunts, you know, I'm not the neighbor. Her mom needs to know about this and needs to know how to talk to her about these things. So it really became teaching moms how to get in conversation and stay in conversation. Because I believe with teen girls, when we're in conversation, we're in relationship. 
Mm-hmm. Girls want to talk, right? We want to talk about our feelings. We want to, you know, express them. We want to understand them. And one of the best ways that can do that is in getting in conversation with their mom who can help her mature and understand how she feels just by listening. So the other piece of this is that as moms, we've got a lot of wisdom. We've got a lot of advice. We can solve problems, right? So quickly, but our girls, they just want to be heard. They just want to know that somebody's listening and understanding them. And then they feel loved. So often we start with moms learning how to listen to what their daughter is really saying. So I say, listen with the goal of understanding. You're listening for how she's feeling. So when she gets in the car after school and she's melting down about something that she's experienced, you're not automatically going to like, how can I put this fire out for her? You're going to, I've got to understand how she feels. And in the mom listening for those things, how does she feel? What's her perspective on this? The mom then, through her understanding, can help her daughter understand as well, right? Because she's getting in that car, a mess of emotions, trying to unravel the situation. Um, And for moms who have a really difficult time just listening and not giving advice, I, I ask them to think about, you know, saying, do you want advice or do you just want me to listen? Yeah. So then they get really clear on what their daughter wants. Yeah. Yeah. And often girls will say, I just want you to listen. Don't say anything. Just listen. Right. Right. Because they just want to get it out. And then she might get it out and say, well, what do you think? Yeah. Right. And so, and this would happen to me in my office. Right. But I'm, I'm trained as a listener. So I would sit and I would listen to the end. And then I would say, what do you want to do about it? And that would be my first question. Yeah. Right. I'd reflect how she felt. Wow. You're so, you feel so hurt. You're so angry. That really made you mad. Right. I would reflect how she feels. And so those are the things I teach moms sort of to respond like a therapist. I was going to say, you're basically training. You're you're training (laughs) us all as therapists because I mean, these are all such I mean, it was, what's great is when you step back to really think about it, like these, it sounds so simple, right? Like these are all simple questions, but it's not innately how we want to handle the situation, right? When, you know, our kids come to us, we want to fix it and they don't always need a fix. They just want to be heard. Or I'm sure the opposite of when the, when they come and talk to us, about something that is hurting them or bothering them or something happened, they're afraid of how we'll react because maybe it's, um, you know, something they shouldn't be doing or they broke a rule or, you know, whatever, add add whatever, you know, and they don't want to either A, get in trouble or be honest about what's happening. And, you know, the parents become more reactive than just listening and focusing on what they're actually upset about. They're focusing on something else, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then you, I could see that play out in my head, right? Then the kid's like, yeah. never listen to me I'm trying to tell you something, right? And it's, it, you have to hear them. If your kid is saying you don't listen because they don't feel heard. Yeah. Right. And you really have to pay attention to that and that's going to protect the relationship. So then they will come to you and tell you those hard things that they know you don't want to hear Yeah, because they know you're not going to react. You're going to respond in a calm way. That's going to help the situation. Yeah. And you know, no, no, you go. Uh, So 
you know, my daughter's eight. And so we have very different problems, but she comes home often, you know, with, with issues with their friends and things that are happening. And I I do the same thing. And sometimes I launch into like, well, maybe this friend is feeling this way and, you know, you could try this. And I have to sometimes take a step back and think like, no, you know, I want her to solve this problem. Right. So like, what do you want to do about it? And so I start that now, you know, we're having those conversations. So she knows she can come to me. She'll feel heard. I might help her sort it out, but at the very least she can just release it and move on and run off and have fun. Right. And not be burdened by it anymore. Yeah. No, I think that's a really great point. And I think like just listening and then asking the question, what do you want to do about it is really powerful because it does put the, the power into their hands. Right. And I don't know. I feel like that's something that we're so quick to offer our advice or what we think they should do. And even if it's great advice, you know, but they do have to figure out how to solve it for themselves. And I think that's a great question to ask. Um, You mentioned like, you know, talking about the hard things, which, you know, especially in the teenage years, things do get really hard. And if you, if they don't, if there's a parent, a mom who's listening right now, who may not have a very open relationship with her daughter, how do you start to sort of get into that open relationship that will allow the daughter to start opening up or maybe talk about the hard things? Um, I think what I was saying before about listening, when, when that daughter does share something, but the mm-hmm. mom is just waiting to practice this new skill of okay. listening more <laughs> yeah. than she talks, right? So just waiting for the opportunity to show her, like, I'm, I can do this differently. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, is to be direct. I think that as parents, we aren't always as vulnerable and don't always hold ourselves accountable as much as we could for our kids to teach them we're human. Right. Mm -hmm. And so to even have initiate a hard conversation by saying, Hey, I just learned something new. And I wanted to let you know that I think there's things that I've been doing that have made you not share difficult things in your life with me. And I want you to know that I'm going to do better. I'm learning how to listen and I want to be there for you no matter what. I think, especially teenagers, like they appreciate that honesty, right? And in the moment, she might say, "Oh, whatever," or you know, just yes. you know, brush it off. But that's going to show her that you care, and that relationship, and she is important enough to you to change, to change something you're doing. And I know, as moms, that we worry about our girls, especially and their safety, right? And moms yeah. look to other moms like when somebody else finds out, oh my God, my daughter's been drinking or she was at this party and this thing happened. And I had no idea. I found out about it from somebody else. And then we think, is my kid doing that too? What don't I know about my kid? Right. And so being in relationship, being in conversation is going to prevent that. Right. Because you know, I'm doing everything I can to keep her coming to me. And then I think we don't have to worry about things like what are the latest rules around social media. And, you know, you're not guessing about how do I, you know, create a buffer and help her in all these areas. It's like, no, you just stay close. You just stay close. You keep the communication open. She knows you're safe. She knows she's not going to be judged when she comes to you. And you are guaranteeing that you are going to be able to support and keep your daughter safe. Yeah. So it really, it really comes down to 
opening or keeping open that line of communication so that it's almost like you get to a point where every day after school, you're getting the download or you're hearing what's happening and, and, you know, they feel comfortable telling you and being honest. And then you also feel comfortable telling them, right? Like, you know, listening, but also being vulnerable and telling them about your feelings or how you feel um, in your own life, or maybe things that are happening with you. So it's almost like, especially with teenagers, they're at a point where they can understand, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's about having that open line of communication where they're not just coming to you, but you're opening up to them as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's nice when you have that routine, like you said, you know, maybe it's every day after school. For a lot of kids and teenagers, it's right before they go to bed. And for adults too, right? We're downloading the day and processing all of it and connecting right before they go to sleep. You know, maybe it's having like a a nightly cup of tea together or, um, you know, a drive every night, you know, that you take or that you already are doing for going from sports or activities. But you have this time together where you connect about the day. And she knows that no matter what, you've got her back. No matter what. Let me ask you this. What about for the moms? Okay. So I find it fascinating because I know you said there's a lot. You have the teens in the room talking. The moms are outside. They have no idea what's going on really, you know, and what they're talking about for the most part. I'm using generalizations, but you know what I mean? But the mom sitting out there might think she knows. So how, how, to me, like that's where there's like this big gap. Right. So the mom thinks she knows what's happening with the daughter. The daughter's in your office telling you what's really happening. But meanwhile, she's telling the mom something else. How can moms get to, because obviously teenagers aren't listening to this podcast. <laughs> so the moms are. So how do we help the moms who might be struggling in relationship with their daughters, but think that they know what's happening? How can they maybe talk to their teens to maybe find out what's really happening? if you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, I think what we were talking about before, building slowly with the the listening and showing her, there are no consequences for telling me, right? Okay. Yeah. That's Um, huge. First of all. That's huge. Yeah. So, you know, what I would see, and I I should say that I'm I'm a trained family therapist. So it was really important for me to get the moms in the room. So, you know, I, I would force it many times and, you know, bring them in. But it was a different dynamic than, of course, they were with me. And so listening and sorry, I just lost track. Let me go back. Oh, okay. I, I took I went on a tangent with that. No, um, don't worry. It's great. How to how to make sure they know what's what is. Yeah, I mean, just, exactly. Just like thinking about like the moms that think that they know the full story or they think they know what their daughters are doing or how they feel, but then yeah. they really they don't, yes. but the daughter, because sometimes I feel like the daughters want to tell them, but they don't know how to. Yep. And the, and so how can the moms maybe like, I, I guess, approach it or get to yeah. the daughters and say, and to allow them maybe to start learning a, more of the real story of what's happening? Yeah. So I think that moms, first of all, if their daughter's in therapy, if I talk to a mom whose daughter's in therapy, I always say, you have to have a relationship with that therapist. You have to get into that room every couple of weeks, whether you're with your daughter or just alone with the therapist. Okay. So you can, there's a bridge there, right? Yes. So that you're, you know, the therapist isn't going to tell you everything your daughter's saying, 
but you want to have a relationship with that person. You want to get guidance from them because they know your daughter. So that's that's number one. Uh, Number two is I said before, your daughter doesn't want to have a consequence for coming to you. That also, that also means an emotional consequence. So we don't want her worried about how you're going to feel. So if she's worried about you feeling anxious or adding more stress to your life or giving you something else to do, she's not going to come to you because she's going to want to protect your emotions. So that's, that's like a whole nother thing. We don't want her feeling like she needs to protect your emotions around this situation or ever. Right. Yeah. So when she does bring things to you, you have to let, you have to let her know that you, you can handle it, whether you even need to say, okay, I just need 10 minutes to go away, whatever. Right. Um, whatever you need to do. And you, you lean on other people, you lean on your partner, you lean on your friends, you lean on your mother, but you don't share that with your daughter. Right. So she knows it's safe to go to my mom. She can handle it. Whatever I bring her, she can handle it. And she's going to know what to do, but know that the goal, like, like you said, your daughter wants to release this. She doesn't want to carry it around anymore. Right. It's bothering her. She needs help. She needs to know that it's safe to come to you. I don't know if you remember the book when your kids were little. It's called like, I love you, stinky face or something like that. (laughs) I don't. And the whole idea is this little boy is like, mom, what if I turn into a ferocious monster? Will you still love me? And, you know, it walks through different crazy scenarios. And the idea is no matter what your daughter brings you, no matter what she does, you love her. She yeah. always needs to know that she is loved. And I mean, I, I say this to my daughter and we talk about crazy situations, like no matter what you do, you can never do anything yeah. that will change how much I love you. Right. And your teen needs to know that too. Yeah. That she is loved. That above unconditional, all yeah. That it's unconditional. Right. Yep. Because, you know, as parents too, we get very wrapped up in, you know, especially these teenage high school years, you get wrapped up in the grades and, um, you know, making sure you're doing the right thing and you have your service hours and you're doing your sports and you're working out. And I mean, it's like all these boxes that have to be checked uh, for these kids. And as parents, you know, I'm not very much of a helicopter parent, so I'm not always like totally on them about this stuff, but I check in. I'm constantly checking in. You want your kids to live up to the potential and be the best them that they can be. But like, you know, it's hard because I feel like when they're little, you're smushing them and you're hugging them and, you know, and then they get to be these teenagers and then it's, it becomes more like, okay, did you do this? Did you get that done? Okay. You know, and you forget that you still need all that smushing and they need to know that whatever they're doing, they are loved unconditionally, right? No matter what grade they got on that test, no matter what team they made, like it doesn't matter. And I I feel like- Right. And I, I, I don't know, I could be wrong. I feel like as parents, we're so much better at doing that when they're little, because you're talking about all this smushy stuff in a way. And you're, you're the day to day as a teenager is a little bit different than it is when yeah. they're little kids, you know? So I think we have to be, have to be reminded to, to go there with them. Yeah. I, Chrissy, I think we could talk about so many different pieces of this. Absolutely. Is also as teenagers, you know, parenting teens were sort of told like, you're supposed to step back. You're supposed to let them do more. You're supposed to, you know, they're supposed to have this independence, but not within the relationship. Exactly. 
So it gets really complicated to understand, well, how do I keep them close while letting them have some freedom? Right. Yeah. But yes, absolutely. We want to, we want to make sure that they know how loved they are and that nothing will ever change that. And I think as parents, like I would see this as a therapist, parents coming in and like, she's failing two of her classes. She's, you know, she's not handing in her homework and those are all symptoms of something else that's going on. Right. It's like, we, I think now, especially since COVID, we're all so aware of mental health and how important it is to take care of and to be in tune with our kids and their mental health. And for me as a therapist, those grades are telling me something, something else is going on, or we haven't gotten to what the actual problem is that we need to solve. And the way you're talking right now as a parent is probably adding to this issue, right? Of like shaming her for these grades rather than be like, what's going on? Like, why are you failing in math? Do you not like it? Do you have a problem with the teacher? Is it, you know, other kids in the class? Like, what is it that's happening? Rather than, but like, that's the only data we get about our kids, right? Is like their grades. Like, let's take a step back when we have a really good relationship. We, we can get a better sense of how they're doing and know who they are and what's important to them. Maybe math isn't that important, right? Yeah. So that, that part is really important. And I think um, as a parent, sometimes hard to, hard to swallow when yeah. we think it's supposed to go, you know. In a certain way. And I, I like chuckled a little bit when you said, you know, maybe math's not that important because it is, it, that's our issue as parents, right? Like, you know, we are taught right now in today's society, like, I mean, I know my parents weren't like trucking my grades as much. I mean, yes, you know, they were, it was just different. It was a different day, right? But now it's like, oh my gosh, you know, math is so important and English. So, and, you know, you have to be, do this and you have to have that. And, and as parents, we get so wrapped up in that versus, well, what are you good at? What are you strong at? And where do you excel? And what do you enjoy doing? And like maybe having those conversations because maybe the B in math is okay because they're getting an A plus in literature. I mean, I'm just making stuff up, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. really focusing on our kids' strengths and and what makes them where their passions lie and where their true gifts may be versus just trying to check a box. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge problem when we are trying to check those boxes because our kids are not going to fit into them neatly. They're just not. And when we can accept who they are and love them for who they are and help them find themselves, they'll be much better off and they're going to have a better relationship with us. Yeah. And I think that's probably why the teenage years are so hard because we have to, as parents, start realizing that it isn't about checking the boxes anymore. And it's truly about developing this relationship and discovering who this human being is that you've raised to adolescence. And now what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because they truly do start to become their own person. And I think that's part of the struggle. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the teen years are that is that time when they're trying to find themselves. Who am I? you know, based on their relationships with friends and as a student and as a son or a daughter and parents can have a really big part in that. And girls, you know, it's been, it's been found that girls find themselves through their relationship with their mother. You know, their mom teaches them how to be a woman in the world. Do they like what they see when they look at their mom? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, that's so true. So if there was one piece of advice 
having all this experience that you have with teenage girls and their moms. If there was one piece of advice that you could tell us to moms, what would it be? I mean, I know you probably said it already, but I'm just curious if there's... Yeah. I mean, there's so many things that come to mind, but listen more than you talk for sure. Because in the listening, your daughter's going to feel heard and loved, but you're also going to learn about your daughter. You're going to be surprised what you hear. You're going to be shocked that I can't believe she knew that or she put that together. What great advice she has. Yeah. What a great solution, right? Listen to her because that's how you get to know her. And that's how you, the two of you can connect. I can guarantee it. When she feels heard, she's going to be closer to you. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I I mean, I think that's amazing advice. I'm going to work on it more. (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to just zip it and try to listen as much as I can um, and see how this goes. And I, and I love all of the questions and advice that you gave us. I think it's just, again, simple, but really important things that we can do to just strengthen our relationship with these beautiful, wonderful women that we are helping to bring up in the world, right? Yes. Yes. Such an important job. Yeah, It really is. Well, Hillary, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's so much fun talking to you. I really learned a lot. I hope, I'm sure my listeners did as well. I know that your website is Hillary. It's with one L. We'll have it all linked in the show notes, hillarymay.com. And you're also Hillary May on Instagram and Facebook, right? Yeah. Hillary May Co. Yep. Hillary May Co. Okay, great. On socials. Yeah. On socials. Yeah. And um, guys, we'll make sure that we have everything linked in the show notes for you so you can find Hillary. And I encourage you to check her out on social, give her a follow because she certainly has amazing advice for all of us moms out there. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Christy. This is great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next week with another amazing suburban warrior here to share her story. So be sure to like and follow this podcast and we will see you again next week. 